Well, good morning, everybody. What an awesome day the Lord has made. Amen? Amen. It is such a thrill to be with you and get to share God's word with you this morning. If I have not met you, my name is Chad. I am the new guy in town at Mercy Road, and I am thrilled for Mike and his family. They, it's my understanding that Mike has preached every Sunday from October till last Sunday straight. <laughs> And I know what that's like. And bless him, they are up kind of retreating and taking a weekend up at the cabin. And so it is an honor to be here and share God's word with you. And Mike is such a beautiful collaborator that my two weeks here, I've been asked multiple times, what do you think? And the first words most of the time out of my mouth is, I love it to be part of a team that's excited and to, to come into the office and, and dream, big dreams, is just such a joy for me. And uh, I'm excited about what's ahead, folks. And I believe God has great things for us as a combined church. And if you don't know what that means, if you're visiting and you're like, what is he talking about? We are two churches that have come together. This is our second week uh, Cross of Christ Community Church from Lakeville. We've merged with Mercy Road and are journeying forward together. And if you will, just keep praying for us as a new church family because I'm excited and I believe God is ready to do, equip us to reach out with his love and hope. Before we jump into God's word today, I'd love to pray with you once more. Lord God, your word is such a gift. It is here to equip us, to encourage us, to guide us, to show us how to walk forward as those who follow and trust in the Lord. And so, Lord, may that be true today. May, may the words that come out of my mouth be honoring to you. May they be centered on your truth, on your guiding hand as, as you gave us your word. We are so blessed and we thank you for the journey we're about to take together. And we pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. So, the title, if you see in your bulletin, is To Worry or Not to Worry. That is the question. And it's an interesting time to walk through this together because COVID-19 has, for many of us, brought a new level of worry. And what I'm about to share with you, I hope, will be very practical as we leave here today. But I want to begin with a famous question that I don't know who originated this, whether it was a philosopher or whatever, but for those who can see, I want you to look at this glass and answer the age-old question with me, is this glass half full or is it half empty? Those who see it as half full, will you raise your hands? And those who see it as half empty, will you raise your hands? I will tell you something. There are days when I see this as half full, and I want to live in that place, but there are days when I actually would default to seeing this glass as half empty. It's a fun exercise, 
but it actually is something that the folks, the researchers at Mayo Clinic ha have used as one of the questions they like to ask to see the mindset of human beings. They, they believe our answer to that question actually has pertinence to how we view life as a whole. And their research has demonstrated that those who tend to see the glass as half empty are often in a place where they tend to worry more and have a slightly more pessimistic view of the evidence that surrounds them, their life, how they view the day, how they view the things that come into their life each and every day. And those who tend to see the glass as half full often have a more optimistic perception of the life that they're living and the day that lies ahead of them. So it's interesting. We could see this glass as half empty and say we are on the cusp of running out of water, or we can see this glass and say, oh my gosh, I still have half a glass of water as I walk forward. I've got plenty of water for the next couple of hours. And I know it's not quite that simple, but the folks at Mayo asked a bunch more questions, and they do believe how we perceive and, and how we default, whether it be to a place of stress and worry or to a place of hope and optimism, is hugely important in terms of how we are going to navigate life. For many, many of us, worry is a real challenge. Some of you are familiar with Gallup. They do research on all kinds of things. Well, they do an annual survey, and I got to confess, this was before COVID-19, so I think the data would even be more profound today. But before COVID-19, they do a worldwide survey, and in it, they ask people questions about worry. How often do you worry? How much time do you worry? How much stress are you experiencing in your daily life? And the evidence says that Americans were more likely to be stressed and worried than almost any other nation in the world. In fact, I believe last year we may have become number one. The United States is still number one in one thing, and that's worrying, okay? We are great, great worriers, and I'm not sure that's a good thing but it is the evidence that lays before us. 55% of Americans stated that they were experiencing high levels of stress and worry. This was one of the highest rates of the 143 countries that took part in the study, and it beats the global average by a full 20 points. So we are phenomenal worriers as a nation. And there's more evidence than that that I just want to share before we dive in. Another study predicts that by age 64, think about this, by age 64, many of us will have spent a full five years of our lives fretting and worrying. So if we added up the hours of time we spent fretting and worrying, it would take five years of our life by the time we reach age 64. Now, I'm not going to teach you anything right here, but research also tells us that consistent worrying has both short and long-term impacts on our personal well-being. 
Simply stated, worrying steals our joy, it affects our sleep, it impacts our decision-making, and yes, it impacts our physical, emotional, and spiritual health as well. Now, this modern research is fascinating, it can be hopeful, it can be discouraging, but it's interesting, it's not new. Over 2,000 years ago, Jesus looked out and was speaking to his disciples, and he wanted to equip them so that they would worry less. And so it's interesting. We're going to spend some time in God's word, but Jesus is addressing this topic of worry. And we pick it up. We're in Matthew's gospel, chapter 6, verse 25. Jesus says these words to us. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body and what you will wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? And when Jesus turns a question like this, he wants you to know the answer is yes, with an exclamation point, that you are far more valuable than they. Jesus wants you to, to know the implied answer is yes, you are more valuable than the birds of the air. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who, by you, who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow? They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Amen? Amen. Folks, Jesus knew as fallen people, we would tip into those places of worry he saw it in his own disciples. He, he saw it in the people as he lived out his life here on earth that, that too often they were just tipping into this place, even in his presence, where they were stuck in this pattern of, of worrying. And, and so Jesus spoke into that in a profound way right here in Matthew's gospel. And it's not the only place he, dress, he addresses worry. He takes, says, you, you know, for those who are worried, take my yoke upon you, right? Because he's saying, I can help you when you are feeling overwhelmed by your situation. So Jesus is saying very emphatically, I don't want my people stuck in this place, worrying and fretting and being consumed by anxiousness. So the first thing I want you to know, if you want to follow along in your bulletin today is Jesus teaches us about worry. And, and the first thing he teaches us is this, worry will not improve or extend 
our life on earth. Jesus says very specifically, who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? And we know full well, in fact, it does just the opposite. It doesn't add life, add value to our lives. It doesn't improve the quality of our lives. It causes damage. It, it, it causes us to get stuck and we actually spend time less sleeping and the quality of our, of our time is, is worsened by our worry. So Jesus says, not only do you not gain an hour of life, but the evidence actually shows us that we actually probably lose life and the quality of life is certainly damaged in worry. So Jesus says it, it's not helping, basically. Our, our worry and all this time, this five years of life that we're giving up to worry, it's not adding a single hour to our life, and it's actually damaging the quality of our lives. The, the second thing that Jesus addresses in, in such a beautiful way is he reminds us God cares for his creation, and he certainly deeply loves and cares for you, right? He talked about the birds, and he says they, they, they do not sow, they, they, they do not store away in their barns, and yet, look, God loves them, and he cares for them. And if this is true, do you not believe that he cares and values you? Folks, you need to understand, if you're feeling broken or disconnected or distant from God, the reality is he loves you and he cares for you. And his deepest longing is for you to remain connected and whole and full of hope and life because that's what he desires for his children. And so Jesus does this beautiful contrast because he already loves his creation. Remember in Genesis, he says, he created and it was good. He created and it was good. He loves his creation. And then Jesus says, and, and beyond that, he loves you even more. And so if he's caring for and knitting together his creation so that it can work, imagine, just imagine how much he cares for and loves and wants to care for you. So I would guess if I went around and we could practically ask everybody to raise your hands and, and take a, a poll, I think as those who love Jesus, we know this up here, right? I think most of us are saying, Chad, you've taught me nothing new so far. <laughs> we know this. This is a great passage. I've seen it before. But living this is harder, right? I mean, I think we can know it practically and, and say Jesus has taught and I get that I should trust God and, and, and he's with me and he cares about my every moment of every day. But man, actually living this is, has not been working out very well for me. And, and I just have to say, I spend time in, in this word every day and, I, and I, I long to live this out in a fullness where I could say, worry's gone. Guys, just follow my lead. I never lose sleep. It's, it's, it's absent in my life, and I can't do that because I battle this just like some of you. I think I'm better by far than I was before I knew Christ. But I'd be lying to say this case is solved. 
I've still got work to do, and I still have to confess and, and get right so that I can keep confessing and giving my casting my cares on to the Lord. <laughs> I have to cast every day to overcome my own worries. So I don't want you to think, oh, yeah, that's great, Chad. I'm still in this battle with you. But that doesn't, that's not where Jesus wants us to live. He wants us to be overcomers, and, and he wants us to not get stuck and the good news is Jesus was very practical in this passage too. I, I want to bring our attention back to verse 33. Look at this with me again if you have your Bibles, but I'll read it again. Jesus says, after laying this beautiful picture out, he says, but how are you going to do this? Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. God is, Jesus is saying, listen, if you want to break this pattern, if you want to get re-centered on God, do this. Seek first God. Seek first his kingdom. Seek first his righteousness. And he will provide all these things. You just need to trust him enough to walk forward in this. So how? If this is true, how do we do it? And why are so many of us struggling to do this well? Well, I believe, and this is in your bulletins, we need to be intentionally pursuing God because he helps break the grip of worry. Folks, wherever you are today, if you're still struggling with worry, we need to find ways to be more intentionally pursuing God every single day. And I'm going to share three practical ways. There's probably a dozen, but these are three really important ones. First, we need to be praying consistently in our lives. Folks, I'd been a pastor for several years, and my prayer practices were sporadic at best. And, and one day I, I was <laughs> sitting under the teaching of another pastor, and he was talking about having a consistent life of prayer. And I'm like, wow, that is really good advice. And here I am pastoring a church and I'm not doing that as consistently as I could be. So I had to find a way to be more intentional with prayer in my life. And I decided the morning is best for me. <laughs> I'm a morning person. I'm up about two hours before anybody else in my house besides the dog and the cat. Sometimes they beat me up. But besides them, I'm the first one up in the house. And so that's my time. And so I, I fall into one habit that's not necessarily good or bad, but I start the coffee pot. And then I sit down and I pray. And, and folks, some of you may pray hours. It's not hours for me. It's probably 15 minutes of time that I spent right away praying and trying to set myself on God for the day ahead. And I pray that God's spirit would, would be centered in my life, and I confess where I'm struggling, whether it be with patience or, or, or whatever the fruit of the spirit that is not very natural for me. And then I pray for my family and those who don't know the Lord. And I just pray that God would use me as I walk out the door of the house. And so I don't know what that looks for, like for you, but I, need, I want to encourage you, and, and Christ would say, Spend time praying every day. Be intentional in your prayer life. And he is the one who can break the grip of worry for us. 
The second ironic thing is God gave us this amazing gift, the Bible. From beginning to end, he has his fingerprints on it. I've heard this called God's instruction manual for life. I love that. God gave us an instruction manual. manual. And, And the strange thing is, we struggle to open it. The data tells us that only about 20% of us open this more days than not as churchgoers. This isn't the broader community. This is people who consistently attend church. 20% of us are, are in this on a very regular basis. Maybe that's a praise God that 20% of us are, but it tells us that many of us aren't using this gift very often. 40% of us only open this Bible a few times a month or less. And so it tells me that we're struggling to use the gift of God's instruction manual manual for life on a regular basis. That's a battle for us. And I believe it's why worry and anxiety sometimes tip in because we don't get ourselves centered on the very instructions that God has given us. And he gives us all kinds of tools. Cast your cares upon the Lord because he cares for you. He gives us tools to overcome worry in his instruction manual. But it won't work if we don't spend time in it. And the third we're doing this morning, and I know COVID has changed the rules and it's made it very confusing, but the third tool I want to give us is we need to be in Christian community. And it may not be in person for everybody right now, and I get that, but we can't stop meeting together The Bible tells us in Hebrews, do not give up on meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. The early church was being persecuted. It was hard to gather. It wasn't fun to get out of the house because your life was at risk. It it was uncomfortable. And and the author says, don't let that stop you. We've got to keep on meeting together. We've got to love each other and encourage each other. And I don't know about you, but I slipped in right before the service, and I got prayed over. Christian community, doing life together, and I came out feeling different. I checked my voicemail this morning, and this strange man that I hardly know named Larry Lotzer, some of you may know him. He's the father of Mike, the other pastor, just for those who don't know. Left a message on my voicemail and said, I am praying for you. He didn't just say the words, and he said, oh, by the way, I'm going to pray right now. (laughs) I was sitting over here worshiping, and and some of the folks from Cross of Christ came over and said, don't you worry. (laughs) We're praying for you right now. Folks, we need each other. This matters. However you formulate this, whether it be through internet or text or face-to-face, we have to stay connected to each other and let each other walk and, and confess our worries and pray for one another. Amen? Amen? Folks, God wants to lift and break worry, the grip of worry in our lives. But the only way he can do it is if we come to him. So let's be more intentional. Let's come to him routinely and watch what happens in your life in this portion and as he breaks the grip of worry. Will you pray with me? Lord God, 
we delight. <laughs> that you don't just tell us to not worry, that's great, but you give us practical tools to break the grip of worry in our lives. Lord, let us lean in and, and let our faith just grow a little bit more this morning so, so that we can trust you in this, that we can lean in a little more and, and pray with more intention and be in your word on a more regular basis and, and find ways to extend our reach to the Christian community that surrounds us. Lord, we want to we wanna break the chains. We want to walk forward and be the light and hope of your son, Jesus. Let us find the strength through your power and your spirit, even as we walk from this place this morning. And we pray this with anticipation for what you will do in and through us as we pray in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.